Welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip will plan your entire trip and they'll save you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, golf, transportation, nightlife, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com and use the code FIT for 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. All righty, Tom. Week one, of course, as always, full of surprises. We had fantasy standouts. We had our disappointments, unfortunately, which we'll talk about today. Some really devastating injuries that we have to get to, you know, all of which we'll analyze and discuss. So, Tom, the doctor of physical therapy, how are you doing? And did you survive week one? I well, it depends what team we're talking about, of course. In seven leagues this year, um, I think I went four and three in total. But holy hell, did my main home league team stink it up? I think I had fifty-seven points. Miserable. Were you a victim of T. Higgins? I was. Okay, Dallas Goddard. No, didn't have Goddard. Okay, um, what's um, my team? It's. Kyle Gino, Pitts with the nothing, Drake Pitts, London, yep. nothing. Pitts, oh my yep. goodness. Yep. Yeah. It was, um, it's Gino who didn't do great. Nick Chubb was solid. Jacobs, not much. Higgins, zero. DJ Moore stinks. Ugh. Pitts stinks. <laughs> Hopkins, meh. And I don't even know who my kicker is, but an absolutely abysmal performance. But it sounds like at least you avoided some major injuries. That's how I'm 0 1. I had Lamar, Andrew, uh, Mark Andrews, who was out. I had Cam Akers, who, who knows, maybe that's Kyron Williams, but I'll go on and on about my team. Rashad Penny, who was a healthy scratch. I'm not even going to get started about my team, but at least I avoided major, major injuries. Were you okay, at least on the injury front, hopefully? Or? Yeah, yeah, we're good there. Uh, my team name is the Fantasy Healthy Team. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right. so silver lining, you're healthy. <laughs> Until next week when, when craziness happens. But yeah, man, I mean, more serious tone. The Rodgers injury was horrible. Like we talked about, London, T. Higgins, Kyle Pitts, Goddard, nothing. A lot of surprises there. And there were some standouts too. Zay Flowers, Puka Nakua, my boy. Uh, Kyron Williams had a, a, a big role. I was going to say, my heart can't take the roller coaster of emotions anymore, but it's just week one. But <laughs> that's why we do this, Tom. And it's, this is fun. This is fun. It's supposed to be fun, Tom. And week one is it's never predictable. It's something crazy happens every year or, or many things that are very unexpected happen this year. Such sloppy play across the league. I thought oh, yeah. um, in my, in my main league, I was talking about only one person went over a hundred fantasy points. And this isn't like a low scoring. This is half PPR, pretty, pretty typical roster alignment and just one person broke a hundred. It was crazy. A lot of low scoring in my league too. A lot of like 87 to 80 scores. My team had 78. So let's fix that, Tom. Let's get into some stuff here. Let's you could tell me how I could fix my team and I'll tell you how you could fix yours. So today guys got a great show for you. And this is what we do every Wednesday night we record. So we have of course our main segment where we're going to sit and talk about injuries and Tom will give us his expert opinion on them. We'll give you some player updates from around the league. We'll, of course, give you our sleeper picks. That's one of our great sponsors. And then the Vampire Diaries. So, again, before we get into our players, guys, you got to realize that, of course, Tom's a smarty pants over there. And he's got, uh, you know, he's very knowledgeable on this stuff. But also, 
this data, a lot of it, guys, is is this information is data driven, right? And you guys can go to shameless plug here, but really seriously, go to fantasyinjuryteam.com, click on that injury list on the top right, explore the data for yourselves, guys. This is what we talk about all the time: how players are going to perform coming off a hamstring injury, off a shoulder injury, off a high ankle sprain, right? Statistics aren't perfect, but trends are helpful, and that's what we're here for you guys uh, to do to give you an edge over your league mates. So and so, we'll listen to this podcast. So. Tom, let's start today with a big one who actually I was reading earlier. He was actually mispracticed today. Yeah, he has an ankle injury. Austin Eckler, of course, I'm talking about. He was also at a funeral today, though, I believe for his agent, which was really crazy. So it's a lot of haziness, I guess, there, but still dealing with an ankle injury. What can you tell us about Eckler, Tom? Yes, that's uh, that's the report. It was both, well, he's injured, but also even if he wasn't injured, he was going to attend this funeral anyway. It's a little unclear the type of ankle injury. I'm seeing some reports saying it's a high ankle, um, others just being kind of vague with ankle injury. Anyway, it's an ankle injury is going to impact a running back's ability to cut, to change directions. Someone like Eckler, that's a big part of his game is his, his lateral agility. Um, but it, again, it depends on the severity of the injury. So if we see him returning to practice in a limited or full fashion, either tomorrow, Thursday, or Friday, my concern level is going to go down quite a bit. But if he misses Thursday and maybe he's just limited Friday, that would make me a little concerned that even if he plays, he may not play up to, to 100%. Um, and we also know that a history of an ankle sprain is going to really increase the risk for another. The medical literature will say that an athlete who's had an ankle sprain, 26% chance that they have another sprain. So wow. definitely an increased risk there. But again, not every sprain is debilitating. Like do- dozens of players play through sprains every week. So it really depends more on the severity of it, which is why it's so pivotal to monitor. Does he practice at all on Thursday? Is it and, 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 and you know, these days are giving us videos too, quite often right. on, on how these players are looking. Um, if it's a lateral ankle sprain, which hopefully we'll get clarity on, we see about an 11% decline in fantasy production in the first game back. For Austin Eckler, that's nothing. You still start them. If it's a high ankle sprain, interestingly, our data shows there's no decline in fantasy production, but I think that's just kind of a, a faulty fluke in, in, by chance because we know that high ankle sprains can really impact the way that we run and cut and plant and pivot. Um, so I'd actually, despite what our data says, I would actually be more concerned if it's a high ankle sprain versus a lateral ankle sprain. Um, but he's one that I'll be really monitoring throughout this week. I'll be tweeting about, maybe put out a YouTube video later in the week to give people more updated analysis on his status. Sounds good, Tom. Looking forward to those updates. And I'm wondering if the the high ankle sprain data is a little bit skewed because they just truly have to sit out for longer and they're just out, out, out. And then they, it just takes them longer to come back. And when they finally come back, I guess it maybe it takes longer to recover, but we'll keep an eye on that time. And of course, Eckler, man, he, Paying off that first round ADP. Hopefully he's okay. Had an excellent game as expected. 16 rushes, buck 17 and a score. Of course, adding some catches. We saw him play the air guitar like he always does. But just a guy to talk about here, right? And and always waivers are important. Joshua Kelly. I mean, he he played a decent role last week. He was 20, <laughs> 26 for 91 and a score. Joshua Kelly was less than the receiving game. He's not going to be Eckler. But I think he possibly has some standalone value here. 
But of course, if Eckler doesn't go, and if you do have Joshua Kelly, um, I think he's definitely a guy that you could play. It's pretty straightforward there. I don't see anybody else being a major contributor, but Tom, we'll wait for your YouTube video or for your tweets, and, uh, and we'll see how Austin Eckler does. Best to him. He also, I just love that he loves fantasy football. It makes he me loves so it. happy, like a human being. He's not, <laughs> it's not Arthur Smith who's telling us, I don't care about fantasy. We care about wins. Yeah, great, cool. But, uh, you know, at least, <laughs> at least say hello to us and, and care about us a little bit. All right. Next guy, we have two guys coming up that are, Really sad season ending injuries. Let's first start with the running back for the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins. And, and I I feel for him. A season ending Achilles injury. He was a free agent, or he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, hoping to get a contract. And Tom, he looked, at least for the first week when he was there, he looked like he was going to be a workhorse this year. But you have anything to say just about J.K. Dobbins? Just really tough. Um, I mean, especially with all that was discussed this offseason on running backs trying to get taken care of financially then for for Dobbins who sat out a good chunk of the of training camp kind of holding out for that new contract for the very first game for him to have this devastating Achilles tear you just got to feel for the guy Um, this is the hardest injury to come back from especially for running backs we have never once seen a running back in their first year after an Achilles tear play well Cam Akers took him 1.5 years. Donta Foreman, four years. Nobody else has played good after. Justice Hill's starting to look pretty good, but he's more of a role player. So we really haven't seen like a workhorse back come back from this injury in a timely manner. Now he's only 24. That's so critical here. That actually does give him somewhat of a chance to make it back. If he was like 29, likely done. Even 27, 28, tough. But the fact that he's 24, he's an elite athlete. Um, we've seen how he's started to look really good after that crazy knee injury. So he he does have a chance of playing again and playing at a high level. It's, it's going to be a major uphill battle for him, though. Um, but if anyone's willing to put in the work to do it, he seems like the one who would be. Yeah, just the toughness and the grit, and I just I just feel for him. Again, I just feel so badly for him. It's such a bad injury, and of course, we wish him the best. And like you said, Tom, 24 years old, hopefully he's back. Maybe not next year full health, but maybe we can still get a couple good years out of him. And uh, he's just a guy. He's like another one of those what-if guys, if he could stay healthy, because he always looked good. And heck, he looked good on Sunday, too, with the Ravens. Now, the Ravens offense itself, I think they looked pretty bad. Hopefully, Andrews, who we'll talk about in a little bit, hopefully he comes back and help them. But fantasy implications here, guys, I think it's not as straightforward as an Eckler-Joshua Kelly situation, and I think it's going to be muddy. I think it's going to be ugly all year. I know we want it to be easy. We want to say plug in Gus Edwards, or we want to say, hey, Melvin Gordon or Justice Hill, but listen, it's, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a committee there. Justice Hill, I saw a lot of people, Tom, running to pick him up because, yeah, he scored two touchdowns, eight carries for nine yards. It's yuck. It's gross. Yeah, he scored twice, got in the end zone, but I don't know how much of a role he's going to play, at least partially, you know, some role. These guys are probably worth rostering, but I don't think play, and then this week would be wise until we get a little bit of a clearer picture of that backfield. Melvin Gordon figures to play a role. A team I could see maybe signing one of these guys, Kareem Hunt or Fournette. And uh, then just quick, Zay Flowers, what a standout, man. Zay, what a stud. What an absolute monster he was. And uh, 
probably going to continue that this year as well. So good luck to J.K. Dobbins. We hope for the best. And again, we're still waiting for some clarity from that backfield. Bouncing over to New York and another just it just this it just sucks when you hear these things and see these things happen. Four plays into the year, Aaron Rodgers goes down, torn Achilles. Um, he's 38, no older. What 39, is he? 39, 39 years old. Okay. Um, again, you know, prayers out to him. And and <laughs> if they're watching hard knocks, I really started to take a liking to him just as a person, as a player, and and we wish him the best too. But what do you have for Rodgers, Tom? Well, I think this is going to come down to does he want to keep playing? So if we look at purely from a medical standpoint, he's old. 39, will be 40 next year. Very unlikely that he recovers 100% from this. Like It just doesn't really happen at that age with this significant of an injury. Will he be able to do life things? Yes, absolutely. He'll be able to go through his life. He'll be able to go to the grocery store, really work out, even play pickleball, play golf, all that stuff. Um, and he may even be able to play quarterback. And here's why it's his left side. It's not his right Achilles. He's a right-handed quarterback. So he pushes off with that right leg to generate his power. And we know from research that most people after an Achilles tear, a full year later, still have a 10 to 30% deficit in strength in the calf Achilles complex on the injured side compared to the unaffected side. So if this was his right Achilles, I don't know that he would ever be able to get that deep ball back because he needs to push off that leg. It's his left side, though. He's not a running quarterback anymore. So if he wants to play, he could probably play. If he was any other position, any other sport, as a career ender, if he's a someone that someone that needs to run and run fast and change directions, very unlikely to happen. But the fact that he's a right-handed quarterback and it's his left Achilles and he's not a running quarterback, I think if he wants to play again, he can and he can play well. Probably not elite anymore, but well. But does he want to play anymore? We don't know. Um, the contract thing is interesting. I, I could be mistaken here, but I believe that he foregoed most of his salary this year to like defer it to next year. Either that or he just gave up the salary for this year. I can't remember. But either way, he's got a fat paycheck next season. So if he wants that and he wants to come back and play, I think he could. But we'll see what he wants to do. Very well said, Tom. And one thing that he tweeted or put on social media said, the night is the darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. I mean, <laughs> powerful stuff, still rooting for the Jets. And, and I'm sure he's still going to be around and be a mentor to some of these guys and even be a mentor to Jordan Love, who I know he gave his phone number to and they talk all the time. But, you know, in terms of fantasy here and even just the Jets in general, Zach's team right now. Is that right? I mean, I don't know, Tom. I mean, they could sign. I was looking at the list of guys out there. Your boy Nick Foles is out there. You got Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick, Carson Wentz, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan. I don't know what's going to happen. I think the Jets play the Cowboys this week. I think they got a hard matchup. I'm pretty sure it's the Cowboys. Uh, I could be mistaken there, but just um, other fantasy-wise, and, and Tom, your boy Garrett Wilson, 
I don't know if he's going to have that major, major upside season. Now, yeah, man. I don't know anymore. Ridiculous, ridiculous talent. The guy can catch balls from my one-year-old daughter and be successful. He's just the best ever. But, I mean, I think this is a major, major setback for him. But just even with their running game, Cook, who I think is still pretty washed, um, I, you know, he's still going to play a role there, but I still like Brees Hall because I think they're going to have to rely on the run more. How many how many times do you want to put the ball in Zach Wilson's hands, right? they got to rely on that defense. Um but we'll see. We'll see how the Jets do this week and what their situation is going forward. And again, just like for J.K. Dobbins, you know, we wish Aaron Rodgers the best as well. All right. Next injury, Tom. Not season ending, uh, but apparently Deontay Johnson could miss four to five weeks, I've seen. It really depends how things go. I'll let you talk about this. But also notice, Tom, their bye is week six. So I could easily see this as a situation where maybe he's not back till week seven, but has a hamstring. What's going on with Deontay, Tom? It must be a pretty significant hamstring. We're definitely looking at a moderate grade two, if that's the timeline they're giving us four to five weeks. And a grade two injury indicates that there is true tearing of the muscle. Usually about 10 to 50, 10 to 50% of the muscle fibers are affected. And that's going to impact ability to generate strength. We're going to see a major decline in strength when there's that much injury. And usually that takes about four or so weeks to heal. So that is probably an appropriate time frame. Um, and especially with you pointing out week sixes are by, we know the hamstring recurrence rate is so high. Why would they rush him back before that buy? Like just let yeah. him go until week seven. So he's going to be hanging out on your IR for a while, but don't drop him. He can definitely be productive in the second half of the season. Um, Recurrence, obviously, something we're going to have to be mindful of. I probably wouldn't play him the first week he's back, but, I mean, we'll talk about that several weeks from now when it, when it gets to that time. He's a very, very quick, speedy receiver, so definitely going to see some a little bit more load on the hamstring with that, but he's really not a deep threat. So it's not like it's, it's you know, George Pickens, his teammate, who's always running 50 yards down the field, because yeah. we know that it takes time, it takes distance to get up to that peak sprint speed, which is where the load on the hamstring is at its greatest. Um, so not what we want to hear. Not the end of the world, though. Keep him on your IR. Don't drop him. And he could be useful second half of the season. And Tom, you said he's a grade two. I forget. You're gonna have to remind me. What's that? That's, like, that's it, what. That's what it sounds like. They did not okay. announce that, but that's that time frame tells me it's probably a grade two injury. Okay. And then off that, if it's like fully torn, is that what's the high? Is it three, four? What's the yeah? What the high? Yeah. Is it, so sometimes if it's if it's a grade three, sometimes it'll be surgery. Sometimes they'll try to do conserve, but it's a much it's it, it's bad. Like that right. would be I'm not saying that's what this is. I was just curious yeah. which okay, cool. And I was buying into the Steeler hype a little bit, Tom, but they looked I mean, at least this past week, they looked really incapable again against a really strong 49ers defense. But just again, it always like to talk fantasy implications, right? That's what I do. Maybe Allen Robinson can be fantasy relevant again. Might be worth the pickup. Tom, five for 64, a team high eight targets. Maybe a low end flex play if you're desperate. I mean, on this offense, Calvin Austin was involved. Six catches, Pickens with five. But really, the yardage was really bad. Uh, Pickett didn't play so well. But Steelers face another real tough matchup this week. Cleveland on Monday night. So I would I would probably stay away from playing just about everybody on this team. Maybe Najee, but... It's tough. It's tough. And again, we got to wait for some clarity there as well. 
Okay, next receiver, Tom. We're rolling right through here. Jacoby Myers, he is in the concussion protocol. Um, Tom, just as we expected through through the first week, Jacoby Myers, wide receiver three in fantasy football. <laughs> hey, all, all he did was bring in uh, nine catches on 10 targets, and oh, he also got in the end zone twice. <laughs> Jacoby Myers, everybody, just as we expected. But what do you expect from him this week, and, and do you think he's going to be back? It's totally dependent on how he progresses through the concussion protocol. So we'll just have to keep looking out for reports. Usually we know pretty early in the week if they're going to make it through the protocol. Um, our, uh, our colleague of ours, Andrew Tierketter, wrote our concussion article on the fantasyinjuryteam.com. He's a concussion specialist. Amazing article. Highly recommend checking it out. But uh, we'll just have to keep monitoring the practice reports for Myers. If he does play, don't expect it to impact his production whatsoever. Fair enough. And as of right now, you could be a nice compliment to Devontae Adams. Tom, I'm not great at math, but Adams and Myers accounted for 147 of Jimmy G's 200 yards. I don't know the percentage there, Tom. A lot. <laughs> Almost 75% of the yards. But hey, man, you could be a nice little compliment there in that offense. Hopefully he's back this week. We'll continue to look at that. Let's bounce over to the birds, Tom. Let's talk about Kenny Gainwell, who has a rib injury. And I read recently he was trending downward, but I'll let you talk about him, Tom. And they play, I think they play tomorrow. This is airing on Thursday. So today, if you're listening, right, Tom? So what's what's going on with Kenny? He was just ruled out, actually. Um, oh, okay. So we do not need to uh, worry about whether we're going to start him or not, because we're not going to start him. <laughs> <laughs> good advice tom this is, this is another it. another one to put on the ir uh, rib injuries are tough they are really really tricky especially for running backs so let's think about the ribs every time we breathe our ribs literally move it's it's not a tremendous amount of motion but they move so if there's an injury there's really no way to offload it because you have to breathe so uh and then if you think athletics your respiration rate increases so you're breathing a lot more frequently so that really hurts that sucks and then we think about all these big strong muscles that are involved in sports that attach to the ribs we got the pecs the lats the obliques the other abdominal muscles so a running back when he's holding the ball his lat and his pecs are squeezing that sucker real tight so depending on where the rib injury is, if it's in one of the regions that those muscles attach to, that's going to hurt. But also, just taking on contact, that's going to hurt a lot. So sometimes players play through these, sometimes they can't. It just looks like this was too quick of a turnaround for Gainwell. Hopefully he'll be back next week. In the meantime, I would expect them to dress Rashad Penny DeAndre Swift and Boston Scott, and you're going to see all three of them getting the ball. It's going to be impossible to, to predict. Dude, I, I could not agree more. There's so many fantasy managers out there that just want to say, okay, yep, it's DeAndre Swift time. And then <laughs> head coach Nick Sirianni, this is, this is paraphrasing, but he said something like, yeah, Swift, he's going to have some games where he's really involved and he's our guy. And he's going to have some games where he's not. Okay. <laughs> That's that's super helpful. So again, thanks, Nick. <laughs> thanks so much. At least it's better than uh, like a lying Sean McVay. I love him as a coach, but talking about how Cam Akers is the guy, and then here comes Kyron Williams. Don't get me started, Tom. Or I started myself, but <laughs> but your birds. Listen, I can't talk because the Giants lost forty to nothing. Birds barely squeaked it out against the Pats, but at least they got the win. Took care of business there, and uh, we'll see. I mean, listen, I drafted Rashad Penny in a couple places. 
<laughs> reading stuff that he's dust that he's done. I hope not. I hope he comes out tomorrow or today when you're listening as a good game. But again, we'll see. It'll be a game that Boston Scott falls in the end zone twice and everybody's questioning, <laughs> questioning life. <laughs> All right. Next guy up is, I mean, we're just, you know, he's quote unquote healthy now. So I don't know how much you have to say about him, Tom, but I just, I have to bring in Brees Hall here recovering from that ACL or should I even say recovered from the ACL? He looked pretty good last week, man. What do you think? Anything to say? You see that long run of his, but he, he slowed down. Old Brees puts that in the end zone, but for sure, yeah. for sure. And you know, we, we talked quite a bit this offseason about how if any running back is going to break the mold of running backs in year one after ACL, it's going to be Brees Hall because he was so young. It was only the ACL that was repaired. I know the meniscus was also injured. I have not seen one single official report saying that was repaired. Freak athlete, and he had a reasonable amount of time to rehab. Yep. So he had all these things going in his favor. It's still... Very hard to be productive in the first year after an ACL, but oh my God, he looked good. He's going to do it, Tom. So good. So I'm all in on him at after that week. Like he's he could be a league winner, especially with Rogers going out. They're going to need to re- rely on him even more. I listen. I got to pat my pat myself on the back here. I said it four weeks ago, three weeks ago. He is going to be a league winner. You get this dude in the fourth round. He's about to perform. Listen, I'm not doing victory laps yet. Still week one. He looked good. Tom, twelve point seven yards per carry. Yes, that seventy or eighty yard scamper helped him out. Dalvin Cook, who people for some reason want to believe in, two point five yards per carry. It's abysmal. And he, he's over the hump. He's been over the hump. Brees Hall is the man, and I think it is time to start him. And I thought last week it was going to be till week one to week four, five. He's going to go in my starting lineup, Tom. I think they're going to really lean on him with Zach Wilson leading this offense, and uh, he's going to be the guy. So good to see a really good recovery, at least so far. All right, one, two, three, four, five players left, Tom. A lot of injuries to talk about, so thank you guys for bearing with us here, but a lot of good information. So Jerry Judy, he has a hamstring injury. Sat out last week. Um, what's his level of activity looking like, Tom? Can we can we expect Jerry Judy back this week? Limited in practice today, about three weeks out from injury. And Sean Payton actually said that he was, excuse me, close to playing last week. Receivers average missing 1.8 games with a hamstring, but of course that's so dependent on the severity of it. And Judy's looked really bad. I mean, he was carted off the field. Um, but apparently he's responding really well to treatment and he's able to get on the field today. I think it's worth monitoring how he does over the course of the week. Cause even if he does play, I don't know that I'm ready to start him yet. Um, just seeing how significant it looked of an injury. Also from a statistical standpoint, receivers see a decline of about 12 fannies, 12 percent decline in their fantasy production and a 16% decline in their snap rate in the first game back. That's not major, but for someone like Judy, who's kind of like a fringe receiver three flex, that may be the difference in him versus someone else on your roster. And he's going to be at a high risk for re-injury if he does play this week, just simply that's just how hamstrings are, especially when they were significant enough to force you to be carted off the field. So um, one, another one that I'll, I'll keep updates on throughout the week, but even if he plays, I'm not sure that I'm ready to trust him this week. 
I'm certainly not. I'm not trusting him yet. Uh, it could be limited on snaps or it could be limited again just because he's coming off this injury. And we got to wait and see. Uh, you know, Russ looked okay, but no one else really stepped up. Tom, the <laughs> some of these stat lines, man, unbelievable. The leading receiver on the Broncos last week, Samaje Pirine with 37 yards. Okay, lovely. <laughs> Cortland Sutton didn't do too much. I mean, Marvin Mims, obviously, still a rookie playing his first game, but that team needs Jerry Judy back. Like they need, they uh, sure do. <laughs> they do. So again, I think you wait, but then hopefully week three, you know, we see a little production week two. All right. Travis Kelsey, Tom, uh, knee, knee injury, obviously missed week one, but he played their game was on. They were the first game. So I guess, you know, more recovery time, if you will. Um, did he practice today, Tom? What's up with Kelsey for this week? Yeah, he did a little bit. We saw a short video of him jogging and then like jumping into his teammate. Um, of and, he looked, and he looked fine. Uh, how, be, how was his vert? A <laughs> good vert on the jump? <laughs> well, I don't know that he was going all out. Uh, we're about 11, or he will be about 11 days from injury to Sunday. So that's, you know, we talked last week about how with this injury, the bone bruise, it's about getting the swelling down, 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 down as fast as you can. 11 days is a lot of time to get some swelling down, to restore range of motion, restore strength and single-like function. So I think it sounds like he's going to play. And while he may not be 100%, 50% Travis Kelsey is good enough to start. Is top three in the NFL or top three for fantasy tight ends yeah, still. He could be sure. 25% of himself. You start him. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So if he's playing, you don't think about it. You start him and you don't think about it. I don't really see this as a major risk for a re-injury or, or an exacerbation of an injury. And I think he'll only get stronger the further out from his injury he gets. All right. We hope that for Travis Kelsey. And one more thing, Tom, do you just curious, do, do you like Russian roulette? Do people enjoy that game playing Russian roulette? Is that the one where you have one bullet in the gun? Yeah, you might get lucky. You might get unlucky. How do you get lucky? Like what, what, if you what? live, Tom, maybe this is a horrible analogy, but what I'm trying to get at here is not about Kelsey. It's about the chiefs. I'm so sick of people on Twitter, on all this stuff, trying to claim that anybody on the Chiefs for receivers besides for Kelsey is going to be productive. Tom, back to the game of Russian roulette. That's what it is. We For years, we've been trying to say it's going to be this person, that person. It's going to be Rasheed Rice one week. It's going to be MBS the next week. Then it's going to be Justin Watson and Richie James and this next guy they pull up off the street, right? Like, I'm just so sick of people trying to tell me, unless you disagree with me, Tom, you know, Sky Moore, whoever, right? Like, is there a world where you play these guys there can't be there can't be a world absolutely not i started sky more in one league and it got me four tenths of a point so it's no, not you don't worth start it. any of them until they prove that they should be started until they do it for three weeks straight because one guy's gonna go up one week down one week. i've been saying for three years tom i just don't understand the narrative of picking chiefs wide receivers moving on unless he's tyree kill a couple of years back that's a different story all right Tom, my tight end, who I love, is Mark Andrews. Quad injury, according to John Harbaugh, could be coach speak, but he looks good. Is he playing this week? Of course, if he plays, we're playing him. Similar boat to Travis Kelsey, but please tell me he's going to play this week, Tom. It's the different injury, but same story as Kelsey. You monitor, mon monitor him throughout the week, and if he plays, you start him. 
with quad, the quad's super involved in anything athletic, sprinting, cutting, jumping, huge, strong muscle. So when it's injured, it can really affect your mobility, which obviously would impact his ability to get you fantasy points. We do see about a 17% decline in fantasy production for tight ends in their first game after this injury. But again, he's so much better than everyone else that I don't care. If he plays, you start him. Uh, that's all that I really have for notes here. If he plays, you play him. That is all, folks. <laughs> On to Christian Watson. Another guy, a lot of hamstrings. The hamstring injury is his injury situation improving. What do you got on Watson? Well, it doesn't seem like it because he did not practice today. And this is the same hamstring that he's injured in the past. So that's not good. We know that um, when hamstring or with really any muscle after it gets injured, it's not going to heal at the same capacity that it once was. There's going to be some scarring in there that's not quite as strong as the native tissue. That's part of the reason that exacerbations are so common. Um, That's one of many reasons we're not going to go down that rabbit hole today. But also, he's a speed guy, so he's downfield burner. He's going to be loading that hamstring more than someone who's a possession receiver. So more likely to have that re-injury when he returns or just to be affected by it if he returns and his hamstring has not fully regained its strength and explosiveness. And the same stats that we listed earlier apply here, 12% decline in fantasy production and a 16% decline in snap rate for receivers in their first game back from a hamstring injury. So he's another one that I need to see him play for a week before I start him. That's that's my take on it. Other people probably drafted him in like the fifth round as their receiver two. And if you don't have someone great to fill in, you may be tempted to play him if he plays. But I'm on... The, the side of let me see it from him for a week. Let me see him get through a game before I start him. I agree with that too. And I know for a lot of these injuries, including Watson, I've been saying, and I know we're not all fortunate to have unlimited depth. Like we might be in a situation where you have to play Judy or you have to play Watson. But again, this is a guy that I'm trying if I can to actively avoid until we see, a little bit of production, of course, is going to be a decline. But even without him, Packers thumped the Bears 38-20. Jordan Love looking pretty damn good. Really efficient, man. 15 for 27, 245, three touchdowns. But just without Watson, it's it's going to be tough to predict the wide receivers here. And again, I'm not necessarily offering you suggestions of who to play, but I'm saying I, I probably wouldn't play you know, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs. I'm just not sure about them. But a guy I like, Tom, one of your bold predictions was a rookie tight end is going to do well. Luke Musgrave, he looked the part first week, man. He had four targets, three catches, 50 yards. Like, I'll take that for a, a tight end that I probably drafted in the 15th round in his first game, right? So he's a guy I think that you could you could maybe play as a real low-end tight end. He's going to get some targets. But, um, you know, they, they are a little bit injured, this offense, and that perfectly transitions to our last player here, the running back for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones, who, by the way, what else is new? Aaron Jones is your current fantasy RB1. What else is new? Aaron Jones in top five finishes. That's what this guy does. Dude, last week, had, he only played, what, three quarters? He left in the third quarter. Still RB1 at 41 rush yards and a score, 86 receiving yards and a score. Um, but, again, has a hamstring injury. What can you tell us about Aaron Jones? D 
didn't practice Wednesday. We saw we saw this injury as he was scoring the touchdown. Like I think it was right before he got into the end zone. He started reaching at his hamstring. Didn't yep. practice Wednesday. Running backs average missing two point two games with hamstring injuries. And like we were, we've been talking about how the hamstring gets loaded more and more with when you get from eighty to hundred percent of your sprint speed. So that's why we see receivers and corners are the ones that really struggle with these injuries. And they're so prevalent in those position groups because they run far enough to get up to their top sprint speed running backs, unless they're breaking away, like Aaron Jones injured it on a 35 yard touchdown where he probably ran close to 60, 50, 60 yards on the play. That's when the injury happened. Um, Running backs don't get up to that, that top speed as much as we think because they usually run for zero to five yards. It's just not enough space to get up to that top flight speed. So that's why we typically see, on average, no decline in fantasy production in running backs after a hamstring injury. It's kind of mind-boggling when you just look at the number of not being affected at all. That's but then, super interesting. That's, but we, that's really, really But it, it makes sense, though, because they yeah. don't get up to the speed where the hamstrings loaded as much on a typical play. If it's, you know, if they're breaking a long one, they will. And the hamstring does work with acceleration and and stuff like that, but it's not loaded as much as when you've gotten to your top sprint speed. So we see no decline in fantasy production when, when running backs return from a hamstring strain and only in a 6% decline in snap rate. That's nothing. So, We'll keep. He's another one. I'll keep updates on throughout the week. If he's gonna play, you're, you go ahead and play him. Yeah, can't bench the RB one. <laughs> Don't get cute. Um, really interesting stuff there, Tom. Thank you. And just for time, and if you guys, as always, guys, go on our website, go on fantasyinjuryteam.com. There's all this stuff written out, plus more players. Right? We would talk about more. We just, <laughs> we just don't want to make the show three hours, Tom. But you know, there's there's a lot of other guys that we're monitoring here. So, Tom, if you have any input on these guys, just guys that Tom are, is gonna tweet about, and guys that we're just gonna keep a, keep a, a close eye on throughout this week with their practice schedules. So, a couple other notables here: Devonte Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, James Conner, Raheem Mostert, Brandon Cooks, Dalton Schultz. You got anything just to add in about some of these guys, Tom? Yeah, so these are guys who we got the notifications on like right before coming on air. So we uh, we just weren't able to prepare a big thing for them. But Connor, calf injury, limited in practice. We don't see much of a decline in fantasy production in running backs after a calf injury, which sounds outrageous because the calf is so involved in sprinting. And here's why we don't see a decline in production. There are two players in our data set that goes back to 2017 that are outliers. Josh Jacobs and Jeff, Josh Jacobs last year and Jeff Wilson Jr. in 2020 just absolutely exploded the first game after their injury. And that really skews the data. (laughs) So I've removed them from the data set. And if I remove those two performances, we see a 40% decline in fantasy production in running backs in the first game after a calf injury. And there's a 14 to 16% recurrence rate. So, you know, Connor's a good player, but he's on a terrible team in a terrible situation. So it's going to be hard for him to be really productive anyway. With this, I think we don't start him this week if we can avoid it. Hopkins, ankle sprain. We're going to keep monitoring him throughout the week. They haven't really given us much information on what it is. 
with a lateral ankle sprain, we see about 11.5% decline in fantasy production. High ankle sprain, again, surprisingly no decline in production. I think that's just kind of a, um, a, a I don't know. I, I can't believe that. And then, but we do see a 23% decline in their snap rate with high ankle sprains. But again, we, they haven't told us what type of ankle sprain it is with hop. Adams is a foot injury. doesn't sound serious. He played on 90% of the snaps on Sunday. We'll keep an eye on him. Mostert is a knee injury, but it's really a rest day. That's what I'm hearing. doesn't sound like he's actually injured. Schultz sounds like a quad injury. So the stuff we talked about with Mark Andrews, with the, with how the quad functions and that 17% decline in fantasy production in tight ends. Well, with Andrews, we said that's not a big deal. With Schultz, that is a big deal. He's a fringe tight end starter anyway. So we are going to avoid starting him this week if we can. And Brandon Cook's vague knee injury. They're not telling us much detail, but McCarthy says it sounds like he'll practice tomorrow. So we'll keep an eye on him as well. All right. What a great wrap-up there, Tom. We thank you for that. Let's transition, ladies and gentlemen, to we have two segments left. It's time, Tom, for our sleeper picks. And we're really happy as well. I mean, we're so proud of our sponsors, guys. So we're teaming up with with our really, really good friends at Sleeper at the Sleeper app or sleeper.com. Again, we got a promo code for you guys. If you like free money, and uh, Tom, I hope the people listened to us last week because we <laughs> we told them to take our free money. We told them where to put it. And hopefully that money is doubled by now and they could take our next bets. But listen, if you haven't gotten on the horn yet, go to sleeper.com. Once again, that's sleeper.com slash promo slash fit, F-I-T. Use the code FIT. You can use it on the app, Sleeper app. Guys, they'll match $100 for you. You put 100 bucks in, they're going to match your 100 bucks. You got 200 bucks in there, and you could entrust your money. Well, I don't know how much fiscal or, or, or monetary responsibility I want to take from for people's bets, Tom, but you know what? I, I like this bet a lot this week, and um, I gave you Keenan Allen last week. Tom, what was yours? You gave uh, Jordan Addison, right, over on Yeah, York. Yeah, right. and he, he was over in like one catch. Yeah. So that was easy. So, Tom, let's try to stay hot here. Let's stay toasty. We're both one for one, two for two together. We also tweet out some picks. But my sleeper pick this week is going to be another running back. It's going to be Rashad White this week. I like the Rashad White over 56 and a half rushing yards. That's Rashad White this week. Tom, you look like you're giving me a stink face. Give me a second. Let me let me convince you here. You know, like right, I'll give you a second. You better right. make it good, though. I want to make it the best that I can. Now, I'm not saying Rashad White is an amazing running back, right? But he got well. At least I, I liked him coming into the season, and the Bucks clearly do too. Rashad White had not a very good game, right? Pretty inefficient. Not a great game. Played 79 percent of the Bucks snaps last week, and again, yeah, he was inefficient. Didn't play great. He is very, very clearly the lead back here in what you could probably call an 80% snap share, a bell cow roll. And last week they were, listen, last week the bucks were five, four and a half point underdogs, right? They had to throw a lot as they were playing. I think they played the Vikings last week. Okay. Shad white still had 17 carries. That was 10th most in the NFL. He's getting the ball a lot this week. Okay. Coming up. I anticipate even Bigger workload for him. Doesn't have to be crazy. Say he gets 18 to 20 carries. Why are they going to get that many carries? Well, because now this week, they're not underdogs. They're favorites. They're home. They're playing against the Bears defense, who, by the way, just let Aaron Jones dominate them. Aaron Jones is now the running back one. Ran for 4.6 carries last week. So 17 carries as an underdog, right? What is he going to get as a favorite? Give this man 18, 19, 20 carries. All he has to do at that point is average 3.1. 
3.2 yards per carry, which, by the way, is not good, and he should be better than that. I think 56 and a half is a low number. I'm not saying he's going for hundreds, but 56 and a half, Tom, you get the ball 18, 19 times as a bell cow, you better reach 60 yards. Did I convince you? Uh, you did not. That is one I will. <laughs> I will not. Uh, I will not be taking this week. I just. I don't think he's very good. I think we're going to see Sean Tucker slowly take over more and more control of that backfield. That's um, fine, but not this week. All right, we'll see. What's the movie? Adam Sandler. You are awarded no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. To Billy Madison, or I, I'm so bad with movies, but you got me stumped. Clearly you are too. Uh whatever. It's a, it's a rambling scene. All right, Tom. Top that because clearly it's easy for you to top my Rashad White pick, but I'm all in on it. I'm going 2 and 0. Yes, I will top that and I will go with another running back, one who actually played well last week. It's your guy, Joe, Tyler Algier over a half touchdown and on sleeper right now, they have a 2.52 times multiplier on this. That's just too juicy to to not take. So this guy had 15 carries last week. Two of them went for touchdowns. All this team wants to do is run, and it's going to be the Bijan and Algiers show all season long. Atlanta ran 26 times last week versus 18 passes. What team in modern-day NFL runs more than they throw? This is absurd. But there's more. They have two players who should be elite red zone pass-catching targets in Kyle Pitts and Drake London. They totaled four targets this team does not want to throw the ball at all they would run the ball every single play if they could i'm surprised they're not in madden lining up on the in the goal line on the 50 yard line (laughs) fullback dive from the honestly they might you're on 30 they might um but one and one of the reasons i like this one is because it's a 2.52 times multiplier on something that very easily could happen i think this is a home run pick right here so you're putting twenty five bucks down, or let's just even make it small. You're putting ten bucks down. You're gonna bet. You're gonna win twenty five, thirty bucks. So two, I mean, I hate it because I love Bijan, but I have to say I, I think it's gonna hit. Like I'm, I'm in such shambles in some leagues, Tom, that I'm starting, and I actually don't think it's that crazy. I'm starting Algier, and I'm starting Bijan Robinson because I think they're, <laughs> I think they're both gonna be top. 15 top 20 running backs like why not why not go for it so i hope Bijan's the one to score but tom <laughs> i hope for your bet that also tyler algier is the one to score all right let's hopefully we go two and oh again tom got one last little segment but first we are also thrilled guys to be partnering with seat geek go see your favorite team your fantasy stars in action once again use the promo code this one's a little bit different but for seat geek guys use the promo code injury fantasy they'll give you 20 dollars off if you guys like free money we're hooking you up Works for everything you want to do there. So once again, that's SeatGeek Injury Fantasy. They'll give you $20 $20 off your purchase. Now to our last segment, Tom. It is the Vampire Diaries. One more time, guys. I'll just remind you what this is as quickly as I can. I'm in a Vampire League. I was chosen as the Vampire. I did not get to draft my team at all. It is a 12-team league. The first 11 teams drafted. I had to create a team just based off waivers. Had, uh, you know, last week, Tom, by the way, I was projected to win... After the four o'clock games, I was actually very, very close to winning. I had, you know, I mean, I had garbage on my team, but my opponent had the Cowboys defense. And I think, oh, that's how you lost. 
I mean, he died. He absolutely died. He had somebody else too. Or I, I think I had Michael Gallup who didn't really do anything either. So I don't think that was the determining factor, but he wound up beating me up. So anyway, now I'm 0-1. So when I lose in the Vampire League, I get waiver priority. And the best guy that was out there, Tom, was Kyron Williams. So maybe he's taking over the uh, the backfield there. Who knows? I had Puka Nakua on my bench, so I'm looking to play him. I picked up Zay Jones. Tom, I swapped in Tua. Now I got Tua as my quarterback instead of Geno Smith. I'll report back to you guys next week. Hopefully I get a win. And once again, guys, if I get a win, I get to steal any player I want from the other team. So reach out to us if you're more interested in the Vampire League and, and we can give you more details. But we shall see, Tom. But that does it for our show. Tom, thank you, brother. And uh, have a good week, Tom. Your boys play tomorrow. You ready for the Eagles? Yes, I'm very excited. The Vikings, who we smashed in prime time last, last season, and I'm ready to do it again. We'll see if that Kirk Cousins narrative uh, still exists in 2023 in prime time. But thank you guys out there so much for your support. Please, please, please hook us up. Give us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. More importantly, guys, share with a friend. Uh, anybody you want, you know, get it out there. Help us out. It, it would mean the world to us. Have a fantastic day, guys. Good luck in week two. And we'll see you next time on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast.